Welcome back, everybody, to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze, episode 49. First off, I want to say thank you to everybody. We hit a milestone today as I am recording this. It is July 22nd, and we have just passed 5,000 followers or 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you, everybody. That's awesome. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. The guys over at Wide Men Can't Jump, their podcast had Bobby and Dan Severn come on to talk about their two matches back 24 years ago for the NWA heavyweight title. So we are going to jump over to the Wide Men Can't Jump, and I'll catch you guys at the end. On May 20th, 1995, in Charlotte, North Carolina, Carolina, and then again on July 21st, 1995, in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Super Bowl of Wrestling, two men stepped into the ring for an NWA World Heavyweight title match. The champion, Dan the Beast Severin, the challenger, Bobby Blaze. These two gentlemen both had fantastic matches back and forth for the title, and neither ever threw one single punch. We had an opportunity to sit down with Bobby and Dan and discuss these matches together in one of the first times these two men have spoken in several years. Let's hear now from Bobby Blaze and Dan Severin on their NWA World Heavyweight title matches. Thanks, for taking the time for doing this. I appreciate the opportunity, man. No, no, Bobby. I'm the same, same way here. I just, I, you know, I just kind of feel bad that we're not able to keep in better contact, uh, but it's, you know, the, the, the crazy life of simply life itself, but it's even crazier yet if you combine life with uh, the professional wrestling world. <laughs> yes, well, that's cool. Then, Thank you, yes, sir. Literally, uh, uh, Nathan, you should just simply just, just be playing this because this is, this is going to be probably the best element of it is, you know, Bobby and I just talking about the business and and hey. how how to survive the business i think hey i'm i'm fine with that too but i do want to before we dive into that let's talk about it you guys had the two wrestling matches for the nwa title dan was the champion bobby the challenger um then i want to start with you you recently watched those matches I, I sent you the clips but what you went back and recently watched those matches what did you think on looking back on those dan on those matches, because uh, there was a lot of just pure amateur wrestling, almost felt like a freestyle okay. wrestling match. What was your thoughts? No, I mean it was, uh, you know, with Bobby having an amateur wrestling background as well. Obviously, every time that that uh, you've got a couple of professional performers going out to, how are you going to make your match uniquely different? And because you know, you know, running the ropes, uh, doing uh, clotheslines and chopping and uh, you know, punch it. That's that's a basic. Uh, I'll say basic press professional wrestling one on one. But when you get a chance now to realize you've got uh, uh, someone that that you're working with uh, that same night that has some similar type of background, you try to incorporate uh, that into it just to make the match uniquely different. So I I remember like doing uh, what I refer to as like the public spot. Uh, most people don't even know what public is. But if you're an amateur wrestler, uh, an amateur wrestler that I, I should say a little bit higher level, you would know what, what that is and and what uh, what benefits that it has. But I just you know from a showmanship aspect, it would have something that would you know that would intrigue professional wrestler viewers. I guess that's probably the best way of doing it. And that's what you're looking for is stuff that it comes from the shoot world and literally let's face, let's face it. Professional wrestling was all based upon the shoot world and knowing that now we're simply going to incorporate this into the, the work world. 
Bobby, uh, um, when you look back on these matches, what's your thoughts on them as you see them, especially you know how they were more amateur wrestling based? Well, first of all, I have to say that you know, um, speaking of leaving their feet, uh, they invite suplex around my boots on the first move, and, um, <laughs> and and that was to be expected. He he is the consummate uh, professional, and and with that said, and and he it was very very well done because had it been an all-out shoot, um, you know, the match would not have went more than 30 seconds because, you know, I, Dan would have tapped me out or, or I would have, you know, just, just left the place. So with that said, it was it was done in such a professional way. I have to, to you know, uh, not that I'm wearing a hat, but I have to take my hat to, to Dan um, for, for being a, a, a gentleman and a professional. Uh, we had a, a gentleman's agreement, if you will, and, I you know, I spoke about, I've spoken about that before. Um the, the the one thing I remember when I say that I say it with all due respect because I have nothing but respect for Dan Severn, uh, and and um, I was an early fan of UFC, and so um, I remember um, getting the booking the very next day after uh, Dan had won uh, his first UFC, and um, and it was like about we was booked out about a month later. So with that said, um, the, the the first match I recall it was all I could do to even try to get behind Dan or countering things because anything I was trying to do was already countering, and that was the beauty of it. Um, it so that's what made it, I think, both matches look so good is because the progression was there that, you know, at any given time, um, I, I don't think that anyone thought that the, the first match was anything less than just, you know, let's go out here and just have a, a good, solid, amateur-type-based match based off of a shoot with a gentleman's agreement. The second match I thought was a little bit better only because, um, again, with the gentleman's agreement in place um, and with the NWA World Heavyweight title on the line, which I took prestige in that title, as I'm sure Dan did, uh, carrying that title around, um, I got behind him a couple of times uh, because it was worked in a way that it was a progression. So if there had been a third match, Maybe there would have been even more of, of me being a little bit more aggressive or assertive with this uh, Dan. And with that said, um, so I think it was a good – both matches I thought were good. The second match I thought was better uh, as an outing for me. But but as for Dan, I thought both of them were good outings for Dan because I, I think that he was making that transition from the shoot in the UFC into the pro style. And I thought he I thought he'd done a very good job with that, and, and I respect that very much because – uh, at any given time, you know, it could have turned into an all-out shoot, and, and that would have been pretty, especially for me. So, and any other person that he would have been working with at that time or in the future. So, with that said, I just have to say uh, I was honored to be wrestling for the uh, NWA Heavyweight Title, which for with a champion such as Dan Severn, because he comes from that pedigree of the shoot and of the amateur and of being a, a professional. So, thank you. Oh, Bobby, I mean, you kind of I mean, you leave me a little bit speechless there on that one. I, I appreciate the, all the, the, the kind uh, kind words. And, and um, the, the reality there with uh, with this master, Nathan, there as well as the fact that with, with each time uh, that uh, a couple men get a chance to work with each other, the first time is always going to be kind of like that, that feeling of process that you've never you never had this opportunity to be in the ring with this, with this person. So with each progressive match, you should be understand each other's abilities and 
after a while, I mean, when you look at uh, you know guys in the WWE and stuff like that, they've wrestled each other so many times that they don't even have to think about the match anymore. The magic just simply happens. Uh, but usually in those first initial matches, well, it's kind of like that, that filling out process. And uh, yeah. there's always that, that little bit of the, the unknown. I mean, I've always been... I've always been known as a rather snug or stiff or pipe wrench type of a, of a worker. And uh, Bobby, that still hasn't changed much over all these years. Well, good. I, I, still, I respect I that. Still... Go ahead, please. No, I was just going to say, I respect that because I never minded working snug or stiff or what have you because I think that's a part of the business. It should be because I think, um, and I always thought that, and I still do, I still think that, um, and I agree with you, the more you work with someone, Obviously, the, the easier the magic flows or what have you, but but I, I always like that snug and stiff style, that strong style, if you will, uh, without taking liberties on someone else's body, of course. But um, I, I'm glad you're still out there kicking ass <laughs> and still working stiff, <laughs> snug, and shooting. <laughs> so good for you, man. <laughs> well, well, again, well, well, I always tell people because you know I've had I've had I've had other matches with other people like, like a Chip Cornette, for example. You know the fact that. They wanted me to do something to Jim Cornette, and, he, 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 and Jim's eyes were getting big and stuff like that. And I go, Jim, I says, I said, this is all you really got to do. I says, I said, you will be never treated better than if you were in your own, being carried in your own father's arms. And then when, when it was all done, we, we got the little spot right there. He's like, he just smiled. He goes, he's I'm still in one piece. He goes, you couldn't have said it any better <laughs> than what you did there at the time there, Dan. Yeah. And again, that's what the beauty of professional wrestling. I, I love professional wrestling for what it is. To to entertain uh, folks, to give them for that the reach of the time of, of that match to let them know that they're witnessing something really unique, incredible, uh, well, at least we hope, hope it all it turns out uh, that way. But it's uh, it's like a suspended animation. You just uh, want them yeah. to view this and be entertained by it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think also that um, when, when people, and, and I'm really careful about how I use the word entertainment, but I, I think the people should get entertained, but I think there should be that realistic element to the matches. And I think in our matches, I know we did, and I know in all, you know, keeping it uh, professional and, and making it look real uh, without killing someone, not kicking someone in the face or taking a liberty with someone, but really taking care of that person all the while while being uh, making the match look as professional and as realistic as possible. Uh, those elements, because I'm still a fan of professional wrestling, too, and, and I always have been. I probably always will be. But um, I just like that, that element of surprise, the suspension of beliefs that you can watch. These two men are out there, and it's an athletic, competitive performance. And, and, I, and I know you've been to Japan, uh, Dan, several times like myself, and that's one of the reasons I like working over there so much was because they always kept it as competitive, like it was still a sport. And that was the thing about our two matches. And, again, uh, it, it was uh, – we tried to keep it somewhat competitive and, and realistic. Um, and and, 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 and in, in doing so, um, we entertained the people that bought tickets to see that match along with the other matches on the show. And um, that's, that's why I'm a professional wrestling fan, I guess. Always, like you said, that suspended belief that these two men can do it, but also with the athletic performance 
because face it, we, we were athletes. You're you're an athlete, you know, to, to get to the levels you've achieved, and to put that into a performance that's going to entertain millions of people around the world. It, it's it's just one of those things that that um, you're you're honored to do. I think I think um, you're doing an injustice to yourself if you're not out there busting your butt in the ring and trying your hardest, working snug, stiff, what have you. Uh, again, without taking liberties, but making it look professional for their entertainment because they did buy that ticket. So you give their money's worth and then some, and I know you've always done that. And I think our match provided entertainment uh, in both incidents. And, and if there had been a third, like you said, I think there would have been a third or fourth if we had worked more and more together. They would have progressively gotten oh, yeah. better and better matches out of us, you know, for sure. But anyway, uh, uh, so the athletic totally performance is, is important. Just Yep, yep, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just totally agreeing with no, what you said. The more you work with people, the, the better you, 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 you know each other and you know uh, they're, uh, they're, they're each other's pros and cons, what they're willing to do, what they're willing to receive, and it's uh, and that's where it's getting to you know, be, be respectful. There's there's not many people that I trust all that well in the professional wrestling industry. Ironically, um, I've been hurt far worse in my professional wrestling career than I have been in my cage fighting career, which is almost like a contradiction in terms, but you have right. to put your body into another person's hands and pray to God they know what to do with your body because if they screw up, it's not them who gets hurt, you get hurt. And if you know very well, professional wrestling is the highest death rate industry of all professions. And uh, it's usually not because of a death inside of, of, of a ring, but usually because of the accumulation of injuries over time and then now starting getting on, hooked on painkillers and muscle relaxers and they need something to get them up and going in the morning. They need something to put them down at night and uh, then there's, you know, they all think they need to look like Adonis in order to go out there when they simply, you know, just realize, just go to the gym, do do your hard work. I mean, it's uh, just doing those kind of things, and it's just it's a, kind of like a vicious cycle. A Vince McMahon says, no, don't do this because of our wellness policy, but yet on, on the other side, the flip side of the coin, is you really say truth about this? No. But, you know. What can you say? That's that that magical mystical, not quite really quite uh, um, <clears throat> all that truthful of a, of an interest, industry at times. Yeah. Tim, do you have any questions for Dan and Bobby? Oh, <laughs> they're legion. But um, what I want to do is kind of approach it this way. I hadn't seen the matches till in their entirety till yesterday, so I'm watching them and I'm finding myself. Uh, being taken back. I'm 51, and I felt like I had been taken back to uh, maybe, you know, 10 years old watching Stampede Wrestling up here in Calgary, where I'm at. Um, what struck me right away was that there was no uh, no punches, not even an attempt to make a punch. Uh, n- nobody going up to the... No, no ring work, uh, rope work, no... No high flying, of course. I wouldn't expect that from you two guys because that's not your really your thing. But when I was watching those matches, I found myself totally sucked in to the storyline, which for me was here's Dan Severin, who 
at that point, his reputation is this guy is a killer. And then we got Bobby Blaze, who looks like, you know, he might be have the skill to kind of hang with this guy, but Dan's probably going to kill him. But it doesn't really play out that way. Uh, what I really loved about it was, I believe it's in the second match, where uh, Bobby Bobby catches Dan with a couple of kicks and then hits the clothesline. And as a fan, I'm finding myself going, oh, holy, uh, Bobby might actually, he might have a shot at this. And then Dan hits him with a submission and it's, and it's over. And I'm going, that was only eight minutes. That felt like 25 minutes of awesomeness. And I guess my point is, is some, some young guys really should watch this match so that they could see how much you can do in a short period of time without having to go to 72 finishers and guys kicking out every 10 seconds and all of this stuff. Um, to me, that was as close to what wrestling, the wrestling I miss and what it should be that I've seen in a long, long time. Comments. Dan, go ahead. Well, I mean, I just give a, uh, uh, I'm sure, just like Bobby, I, I appreciate, you know, the compliments uh, on the match. Um, you know, I I really was never going to be, uh, you know, if Jim Cornette probably said the best uh, dancer was ever going to be a flashy wrestler in the sense that I'm not going to go on there, jump on a microphone and cut the killer promos. Um, he always said that, uh, uh, he goes, he goes, you're the greatest thing to ever hit professional wrestling. He goes, you're a wrestler who actually can wrestle. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm a, I was a throwback from days gone by. And, you know, that's the nice part when you are, when you are finally able to come across someone like a Bobby Blaze and you know that now you can actually incorporate some of the things from your past. And uh, you're you're more in your your comfort area of things. Um, is, is that right? Because I, I was this past past week in the Ultimate Fighting Championship was taking place. I was out there uh, working for the UFC for a couple of days, and uh, you know a lot of questions were brought up, and and they've said, well, you know, what 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 do you contribute to your overall success in that? And I says, well, I I always stayed inside my comfort zone. When I was doing my MMA type stuff, I knew that my striking ability, well, well point blank, it sucked, okay? I did not have any striking ability, but I always know that, well, my opponent has to be with arm's range in order to strike or kick or whatever. I was always good about staying outside the range, and, and I simply, I knew how people train. If they throw it out, they're going to recoil it back, and as they recoil it back, I followed them right on it to either a standing clinch or stuffing them up against the cage wall or taking them on down. And it's kind of like now I look right at them and I go, hello, and welcome to my world. You shall never see the light of day again because I know my reward would be being punched. And, uh, you know, no one wants to be punched. Uh, I don't care how tough they are or stuff like that. It is better to give than to receive. So I guess it's kind of a long roundabout way of, of, of answering the question. But, you know, Bobby was able to put me into a comfort zone to where, you know, we're going to have uh, a better match just because now I'm doing things that I've been studying since I've been in junior high school, you know, the sport of amateur wrestling. 
So that's where, again, I said that 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 comfort zone, and the more that you work with with uh, each other, it, it becomes just simply magical. Neither one of you even know sometimes what is actually going to take place after you work with each other. Just kind of like you simply just know what's gonna what's going to take place maybe at the end, but from from that point on, you're just going to go out there and just put on a show, take uh, take the audience to an emotional roller coaster. I appreciate the compliments from Tim as well, and also from Dan. Uh, I completely agree that you know we we both got into the the more of a comfort zone, especially in that second match. We knew a little bit more what each other could do and expect of each other. And I think also again it was that progression of feeding into you know I think in the the first match it was a, a maybe a, um, a, a Japanese arm bar, and I just happened to be right beside the rope. So there's that oh he didn't he didn't tap out he would have. He didn't, and then the next time it's caught, within a short period of time, you know, I'm dead center in the middle of the ring. And of course, uh, there it is, out of nowhere, uh, which, uh, again, um, boom. And then when it's the match, second match, it, it looks like a, uh, we have to put that suspension of belief to the fans, you know, like, oh, this guy might have a chance, um, you know, because Dan's uh, reputation preceded them, and, and rightfully so, being a, a, a champion in the UFC and amateurs and and collegiate wrestler, et cetera. Um, and then out of nowhere, um, I, I get something in on him. But um, when I when I go one step further or, or he, you know, sidesteps, there it is, another submission right out of nowhere. And that's, that's just being um, the professional in both and uh, competitive uh, because uh, uh, we pretty much laid everything in, but we didn't kick each other in the face or try to punch. As you mentioned, there was no punches thrown or anything. Those were just a couple of sidekicks to keep kicks rather than keep Dan at bay because he's going to shoot in on me, and, and we both just kind of played off each other on that. And um, as he said, there you are, lights out. His reward's down, down there in the ground because he's got me in a Fujiwara arm bar, and there's, there's nowhere to go except for maybe he's going to rip my arm out of socket and, and beat me over the head with it. But uh, but once I tapped, you know, that wasn't the case because being a professional and, and again, not even really knowing everything we're going to do but just um, – then they're competing against each other, knowing, okay, here, here's, you know, this, this may be the outcome is, is you know, the, the arm bar, the uh, Japanese arm bar, or the second match, the Fuji War arm bar, the rest of it's just, you know, let's, let's put on a really good professional competition match for these people. And, and um, I thought we got a, a lot out of eight minutes, you know. I appreciate you noticing that too, Tim. And uh, it was an honor for me to get to go eight minutes with Dan Severn. I'll just say that. So thank you very much. Was the match called completely in the ring, or was it? Did you just get the finish in the back and then call it in the ring, or was there anything discussed backstage? I know, knowing you two guys, I assume it was called in the ring. I think a little, a little bit of both. I think yeah. you, get, you, you, get, you get basically a, a basic premise, and then you kind of go from there. You always want to know that you can start off a match with something. And you know what the finish is, but but pretty much almost anything in between that, you know, you know, talk to each other to say, well, this is some general ideas, but uh, there are some guys that they'll go they'll they'll go there and they'll try to lay out every single aspect of the match. And I look at them, I go, I go, I am not that good. I can't remember. You lost the after the the, 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 the third item right there. I'm thinking, you know, there's there's there's, there's just a certain premise that. 
you're the baby face, you're the heel, or actually we're two baby faces, and now we're going to put on an athlete contest. I understand these, these concepts right there. And it's going to be a, a, a show of, of give and take and, uh, and try to, if you just go back to that, suspend that, that, that animation and, and create something that even sometimes you don't even know how good the match will be once it's over with. You know, until you hear the, the crowd's reaction or even from your fellow wrestlers. So, I mean, you know, you know you, you, your match really does good with even your fellow wrestlers. You know, they're like, well, that was that was awesome and whatever else had you. Of course, they would be using a much more colorful language, but I'm trying to keep this <laughs> good <Yep>. for the air. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you, Dan. I couldn't have worded it better. The only thing uh, I will add is, is uh, when I walked through the curtain um, in Knoxville in the second match, uh, Buddy Landell was in front of the monitor, as was Cornette, and Cornette turned around, and next thing I know, people started clapping, and uh, Buddy said something like, you've got to send that to Japan, you know, and Jimmy just hugged me and thanked me, but, um, you know, it was just, that's that feeling that uh, just respect of your fellow peers that you went out there and done what you were supposed to do, um, yeah, so that that's the thing, and we got that top both times, um, I don't think the... Uh, um, uh, outcome was given away at any given point other than most people probably thought, you know, Dan Severn is going to win this match. And uh, rightfully so, you did. And uh, both times, uh, the people popped, you know, in Charlotte and in Knoxville. Uh, the people, like I said earlier, I think they got their money's worth in our match and then some because we did deliver a professional athletic performance. And um, not a lot was all. We discussed a couple things and not a lot was talked about in the back and not a lot was caught in the ring. It's just a matter of filling each other out. We had an idea, like Dan said, from the lockup uh, to go, and then we uh, had an idea somewhere around this time period there'll be a finish in there. And um, I thought both matches come off really good. My favorite was the second one, but um, I enjoyed them both equally as well um, because I was a bit nervous more in the first one, uh, trying to keep up with Dan. And, again, rightfully so with his status. And then the second one, just getting more comfortable with Dan and being around Dan and knowing that, um, you know, there's a little bit of trust factor here that when we go in there, we're just going to go at it and see what happens. And, again, the main thing was, um, other than professionalism, was delivering a good quality professional match for the fans that they obviously enjoyed on both nights because uh, uh, some of the boys in the back popped as well as the fans outside popped, and that's what it was all about. Um, and for that, I'm, I'm forever grateful just to have had the opportunity to be in a ring with Dan Sever, and I appreciate it, Dan. Okay, thank you, Bobby, for you know, getting nice compliments, something like that. And uh, I just appreciate the fact of being in the ring with uh, someone like yourself that, uh, you know, has shaped uh, up the background with the average and stuff like that so that we can do something different for the fans because, bottom line, that is our job. Or we're there to yeah. entertain. And, uh, again, whether it's to... You also look at the get reaction. I mean, going going if you look at the terms of you know uh, the heel and the baby face with heel, he's, he's he's always looking for some type of a negative reaction out of the crowd. The, the baby face looking for a positive reaction. Where, where basically Bobby and I were actually neither one. We went out there as two competitors, so there was not really the, the heel premise uh, or the baby face premise. If anything, you, you might just say it was just two. It was two baby faces going out there and uh, just putting out an athletic performance. Right. I agree 100%. And, again, thank you very much. 
Well, Dan, I know you're strapped for time, and we don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy man, so we do want to thank you again for jumping on here and talking with us. Uh, let our people, our listeners, know where they can find that, keep up with you. And I know you're all over the place, but let them know where they can keep up with Dan Severin. Uh, you, you would think that you think that this old part would actually be slowing down by now, but if anything, I think I'm catching oh. a second wind. And then in terms of that, oppor- I always tell people that I, I am drowning in opportunities on a daily basis, but, oh, what a way to go. But uh, the best <laughs> way is to go to my website, at danseverin.com. As simple as that, Dan Severin, Severin is spelled S-E-V, like Victor, E-R-N, danseverin.com. And uh, there's there's ways of uh, emailing me, contact me. Now, you may have some problems because that website is under construction right now. But the next, I'll say, couple weeks, it should be finally up. I'm supposed to be visiting with uh, the group that's uh, redoing it uh, uh, this, coming, this coming week. And then uh, it should be the, the new... The new version should be up at that point in time, but uh, I'm still uh, I'm still all over the place, uh, traveling and putting down the miles. I mean, when you look at just this past week of being in Phoenix, uh, I was there for, for, for a little while, and then to travel to, to Vegas, work for the USC for a couple of days, then travel uh, once the show was done on that Saturday, I packed up, drove to uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico. I uh, had my youngest son there with me. My youngest son's 20, but he had never been to the Carlsbad Cavern. I've been there several times, but he has not. So we drove to the night, made it there, took the tour, went out and had, had dinner, uh, and then made it right back to the cavern again in time to watch at dusk there to watch the Flight of the Bats. Now, that is just a awesome spectacle of Mother Nature to see what looks like a tornado of bats. Uh, the same cavern that we were in earlier, and we didn't see a single bat inside of that uh, cavern. And when that was done, simply just to uh, drive right, right to Coldwater, Michigan. And it's kind of like been nonstop here. I'm, on, I'm here only for a couple weeks, and I have to be back in Phoenix again to do some other stuff along the way. So I enjoy the life that has been carved out for me. Uh, the sad part will be one day it will have to come to an end, and, but I would have thought that it would have been slowing down, but it has not, and I'm a happy camper for it. Well, we thank you, Dan, for coming right, on here Dan. and talking with us, really. We really do appreciate it, and uh, anytime, man, just uh, hit us up anytime you want to talk, just anything. You've got my number, and uh, I'll get if it's all right, I'll give Bobby your number, too, so you guys can stay yeah, in contact as well. I, I was going to say, it's been, it's been years since I last spoke to Bobby. Please give him yeah. uh, my number off the air, and then uh, I'd like to you know, continue to stay in contact because, like I said, this old Rolling Stone show uh, uh, is moving around. I never know. I might start up in, in, uh, in your neighborhood shortly. So right play in Texas, yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to jump off here now. Thank you once again there for right. being, uh, being able to talk to with you, Bobby, and, and uh, also there for Nathan for putting this together. All right, Dan, no problem, thank Dan. You. Thanks pleasure, again. Sir. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye, though. Well, that was Dan Severn. Bobby, we still got you on here. Um, maybe we can, you know, talk a couple things here about those matches. Now that Dan had to step away, I know he's a busy guy, but you mentioned the backstage reaction and everyone behind the scenes giving you guys the the ovation. Um, who put the match? Like, was it Cornette that booked the matches for Smoky Mountain? Was that the uh, who booked those yeah. matches? Uh, yeah, let me get a, uh, 
a couple of cheap plugs in here, of course. You can find me at oh, Bobby ahead, Blade 744 on Twitter. No, I was just going to you – know, Bobby Blade 744 on Twitter. Um, the uh, and, and, of course, my books. And in both books, I put Dan Severn over again, of course. But in Pin Me, Pay Me, I talked a little bit about that. And, and I know you were there a couple of years ago down at WrestleCade when we did the Smoky Mountain panel. And uh, Cornette yep. told me to tell a long story about the bathroom. And that's kind of what happened um, – uh, being an early UFC fan, and I was hoping to, to tell Dan about this, and, and, but it's off the air, and, and uh, he's off the air, rather. Maybe he'll listen back to the playback, and I, and I certainly hope the fans do enjoy this really short story. But, but basically, uh, you know, I was an early UFC fan, and I watched them. And, of course, uh, he won on a, a, a Saturday night. We had a show. I think we had been in Knoxville, or, or where had we been? I'm not sure. But on Sunday afternoon, we had a Sunday afternoon show in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I went to the restroom, and I was, I was finishing up. Cornette steps in and goes, "Hey, Bobby, you got a minute?" And I'm like, "You know, hey, you know, um, you know, just kind of like peeing over here." And I, I, I maybe maybe never let the truth stand in the way of a good yard, you know. But I don't know if you ever try to stop peeing midstream. But I'm like just looking over the urinal thing there, and Cornette says, "You know, I got you. I got good news. I got you booked next month." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And he goes, yeah, I've got you booked against Dan, Dan Severn. And I just stopped. <laughs> I just stopped peeing, you know. Uh, and I'll keep it clean to that. But I went over and watched my hands for it. And Jimmy and I spoke. Yeah, well, you know, it's hard to stop midstream, but I did. But, no, um, that's added for Tuller, of course. But, no, Cornette and I, we, we stepped into the restroom there. And uh, he said, I've got you booked next month against uh, Dan Severn. And I, I looked at him, and I was like, not all you money or are you mad at me, Jimmy? Or something? you know, he just won you a fee last night. And he said, Yeah, yeah, that's why I've got him booked. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, and I said, uh, He does know it's to work, right? He goes, oh, Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I said, I felt like there'll be anything extra here for me. You know, and he said, Yeah, y'all take care of you. So that was kind of, Cornette had put that together. That was in the um, uh, Carolinas in Charlotte. That was the. Um, Carolina's Memories Tour, and uh, we were over to the Grady Cole Center, and Cornette was trying to, you know, they had uh, a lot of the NWA guys there, the old um, uh, Crawford Promotion guys there for that show. And then the second one was also we had the Super Bowl of Wrestling down in Knoxville and, uh, for Smoky Mountain, and, of course, that had people from, you know, uh, everywhere from WWF at the time, WCW, uh, and actually I don't think even was WCW, I'm not sure, I can't recall that, but USWA and uh, – some guys from Georgia and, um, you know, of course, the Smoky Mountain crew and uh, guys from Canada. I mean, we had people from all over the place. Uh, actually, it was, uh, you know, just a really good Super Bowl wrestling at the time because with a array of so many matches, and that was just one of the many matches on that card, and it was a different kind of match because we had the NWA heavyweight champion in town, Dan Severn, representing that title that I had so much respect for, and, and I'm sure the other guys did too. Uh, because that was just such a prestigious title. But, uh, yeah, Cornette put that together through Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and him and, uh, and I guess, Dan or his managers and stuff put that together. And I was the one that um, Cornette said, you know, well, you're the one. Because I, I really thought there, was, there might have been a couple guys on the crew that Cornette said, I really think you're the one that can, can do this. And um, you know, I, I, I thought of uh, uh, Steve Armstrong and I thought of Tracy Smothers. And they had both, you know, been, um, you know, pretty good amateur backgrounds as well. I know Tracy did, but, um, you know, I was honored uh, with my Malenko training, and I had, you know, prior experience and things like that, but, but I was honored that I was asked 
asked her to do it. And um, um, I'm just, like like I said, both, I remember in Charlotte, there wasn't a whole lot said as far as the blueprint for the match. Like you said, we didn't really have to do a lot. We just, I mean, as far as talking it out or trying to go over 101 spots or call a lot, but I, was, I remember walking in the back and they had, I had come out of selling gimmicks, what have you, been back before the locker room, wait for Dan's arrival. When I went back, Dan was in there talking to Cornette, and I, you know, walked up, of course, to introduce myself, and we knew who, you know, each other were, of course, and then Cornette, I don't know, was just, Bob, you don't have a problem putting Dan over, do you? And I looked at Dan, and I was kind of shaking his hand still, and I looked at Jim, and I go, do I have a choice, <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was very professional, and um, it was just, to me, it was an honor to, to be involved in both matches. I know uh, when Cornette came up and saw you at the uh, show in Madison for All-Star Wrestling, uh, you came over and spoke to him, and he mentioned that the matches with Dan Severin, so I got a kick out of that. I yeah. thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Tim, question, any more questions for Bobby? I know Bobby's got a lot yeah. to do today. So yeah, I'm going to get ready to get my lunch, guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, if you, the only, oh, no, thing I, the only thing I was thinking was, do you think you had mentioned that he figured that at least he would get killed in there with Severin? Do you think there's a possibility too that somewhere along the line he it occurred to him that okay Bobby's at least um, a kind of a lighthearted guy and if Dan smacks him a little too hard or you know is a little on the heavy side Bobby's not going to snap and because uh, I because I could see where a guy might get in there with Dan and he may hit you with one of those throws or some of that stuff he does and you might not take too kindly to it and then you might really get hurt. Because if you come at Dan Severn, probably with uh, if if it be, starts to become a shoot, you're probably in a world. I don't of think it crossed my mind, honestly, because I uh, no, but but that your, your but that your reaction to to some of Dan's stiffness would not be unprofessional. No, because I think Jim knew my style well enough and knew my temperament well enough, and I knew again being a professional that uh, I could take it. We had. I had trained so hard at the Malenko's, you know, uh, in, in all the different aspects of uh, the pro wrestling. Then I, you know, I did sometimes on the Sundays, I did the shoot wrestling with the guys that were over there training for that, uh, you know, and, and just learning and, and, and being around a whole lot of different people through the business, having so many matches at that point in my career, too. Um, I honestly, um, I'm sure it had something to do with temperament, knowing that, you know, I didn't like I told Dan on the phone there. I never minded working stiff or snug or what have you. It was a gentleman's agreement, and it's not ballet. You know, you're out there, and you're trying to do a professional, competitive performance, and um, I took it as such. So I don't even know if that was even factored in that if anything were to, to go off, I, I, I don't have a question uh, in my mind that, you know, um, it was all very professionally done, and, and it never crossed my mind to uh, – if he gets me one too stiff or suplex me on my boots, as I mentioned, or whatever, uh, I understand that it's uh, business only, business only. And that's, that's a lot of times, like we'd say in Japan, um, you know, you, you might work stiff or snug or what have you, but it's business only. And, again, we didn't take liberties to punch someone in the face or kick someone or down or something like that, you know. So um, I think we went in there as competitive athletes and um, performed a professional wrestling match to the best of our ability, and to entertain the professional wrestling fans to the best of our ability. I think, again, uh, to be redundant, um, you know, we gave them their money's worth then some in both matches, uh, and, again, especially the second match, because I thought there was just a whole lot more to it as we got to know each other better and trusted each other more. So I hope that answers your question. 
Well, I, I'll just say in conclusion, I really, honestly, I mean, we're uh, acquaintances and I, I think you're a great guy and all that, but I, I can really say that I think people need to, uh, this, this is a kind of match where they should show it to young guys and go, you need to learn how to do this. Even if you don't do it in the ring necessarily, you need to learn how to do this so that you can take that and go to another spot as opposed to all this high-flying. No, you don't see this anymore, and I would suspect most of the guys can't do this. So yeah, yeah. That was, I agree with that. I don't think I don't know that a lot of guys can still do that kind of kind of either match, especially that second one. Uh, again, without all the you know punching, high-flying, spot, 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 you know. Um, I take that as a great compliment, Tim, and I appreciate that. And and if anyone's out there listening, especially young talent, yeah, for sure that second watch both matches. But yeah, try to pull off something like that second match, well, you, um, you know, and 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 see how it turns out because we need that's the that's the basis of professional wrestling. That is, that is a very good professional wrestling match, as you mentioned earlier uh, when talking to Dan about how it reminds you when you took you back to you like ten years old or what have you watching the Stampede. That's the thing. That match, uh, both matches, will take you back because that's the grassroots and the ground floor of well, what professional you, wrestling is really, should be. And if you really watch them, um, watch the crowd. In the first match, they're kind of like, okay, what's this? Um, they sort of know who Severin is, I think, but he's kind of a tad bit of an unknown quantity in the ring at that point. Um, and then when you see the second match, there's a bit of a buzz. Uh, in the crowd, and they're hooked. And I, as you guys had both mentioned that I really think if there'd have been a chance uh, for you guys to run like a program together, that would have ended up um, being money at the end because the crowd was slowly starting to get invested in what was going on. Um, can 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 this young can this young upstart? Uh, can he find a way to beat this wily old veteran who is a you know, a beast in there and looks like, looks yeah. like he should be able to kill everybody. And yeah, it's sorely missed. That's all I can say. I thank you for, for doing it, even though you did it, uh, you know, 25 <laughs> years ago, 25 years ago, but I still, you know, that's the kind of stuff people need to watch it. And that's all yeah. I'll say. Well, about if, you know, well, say it, if we, if wishes was horses, beggars would ride, but I did wish, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had been a, a third, honestly, a third, fourth, and fifth match because I really thought maybe that was going to where it was going to go, and and I don't know what you know creative booking would have taken place or not you know because you can look back in hindsight twenty twenty, but but I could see the people and feel the people really get into it, and I know Dan and I were starting to click, but if we could have done that third match, I'm sure um, you know it would have been even that much better, um, and and then and, and finished out a program whether it be over six or eight weeks or. You know, yeah, it's on the air or what have you. So, um, yeah, I certainly would have welcomed that at that time, of course. But um, I, I appreciate the kind compliments, and I do think a lot of people uh, really did enjoy the matches then, and I think that, that people that watch it back now still enjoy it like yourself. And I haven't seen them either uh, one for a while. I, I watched the second one here maybe about a year ago, but uh, it's, it's forever etched upon my, my mind for the most part of it. But I just remember the people popped and the people in the back uh, in that one section watching the monitor, as mentioned, Buddy and, and Jimmy, and there were some other boys around there started clapping. That's, that's always good to be 
uh, get respected by your peers that, you know, hey, man, what a, what a heck of a good match that was. Um, you know, so thank you very much, Tim. And I do appreciate the opportunity you guys gave me on your program, uh, Nate, for putting this together. I appreciate it because I haven't oh, no problem, it brother. in a while. And, and I was really looking forward to this. We have been trying to put this together, I know, for several months. But I'm glad yeah. you finally did yeah. it put together because uh, uh, it was a real honor to share the ring with Dan Severn. And it was a real honor for you guys to have me on your program today. Um, you know, I'm usually laughing, joking, and having a cutting up, and we're having a blast. But as you can tell from the top of my voice, I'm really thankful to have this opportunity to speak to Dan and talk, you know, about these professional matches we had, like you said, Tim, maybe some 25 years ago. But still, um, I think some people can learn from them. And if nothing else, if, if they can enjoy them. Um, I think both matches are very enjoyable, um, especially the second. Yeah, and the, so, thank and you. The, other, the other thing I noticed, too, I, I keep bringing up stuff because I keep thinking of stuff, is uh, another thing people could take away from this is you can lose and win. You don't win. You don't. You don't win the match, but you're the one who's. If that. If that. If those matches continue in a Jim Cornette vein, um, Bobby Blaze gets over. Yeah. Losing. Losing yeah. doesn't hurt Bobby Blaze in this match one bit. No. Which is another. Which is another thing which people don't. Now you know that's. Oh well, they got beat. Yeah. Well, well pin me, pay you know, me. I don't want to. Right? I don't want to do the. I don't want to do the job to that guy. Okay, well, you're not yeah. really doing well, the job, really. No. You're losing to a guy you it, should it, lose to. Yeah, you're 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 doing your job. You're, you that's your work for tonight. And um, sometimes you got your work cut out for you, and you go in there, you do your best anyway, and you come up a little bit short and a better man for the champion in this case. Uh, or in both cases, actually, better man in the ring uh, and, and the champion. Uh, we'll combine that together there. He wins the match that night, and it didn't hurt me one bit um, as far as the credibility because it was a competitive athletic performance that entertained the people. Exactly. And uh, at the end of the night, it wasn't a draw. There had to be a winner and a loser. And the NWA champion that night got his arm raised, and um, rightfully so, he, he, he won the match. <laughs> And for, and for that, I wish you nothing but Canadian chocolate in your future. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this. If you haven't seen the match, you can go on to the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze YouTube page. It is up there. Both matches are up with Bobby's commentary. Or you can do something really cool and listen to Dan and Bobby both talk and watch the matches here at the same time as well. I think that would be something really cool. But go to the Bell to Bell YouTube page. Tex Johnson does a great job over there on their YouTube page. Uh, Bobby mentioned his books. They're available at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 for Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel, and tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 for I Kicked Out on 2, The Education of a Wrestler. And go ahead and if you want to try Amazon Prime, try it out with their link, tinyurl.com slash Prime. It gives the bell to bell with Bobby Blaze a little kickback, and uh, it's a great yeah. podcast. If you're not surprised, if you're not subscribed, go subscribe to it. Listen to it. I haven't missed an episode. I love it. I enjoy it. Jeremy, Bobby, Tech, all those guys over there do a great job. So go check it out. Futon Jeremy. Thank you. As I like to call him. Oh, not a problem. But uh, Bobby, we do nobody's appreciate. Gonna, you. Nobody's gonna pop for Futon Jeremy, really. <laughs> Oh, food, oh, Jeremy. I didn't. 
I didn't catch it. I got you. I, I didn't know. catch it either. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to start calling him Futon Jeremy until he gets a bed. <laughs> I'll send him the same Love card. But, uh, Love him on that show. He's really good on the uh, show. Jeremy's great. Uh, Bobby, you want to you put your Twitter out there, I believe. It's uh, at Bell to Bell Blaze for the show page, and you can follow Bobby at Bobby Blaze 744. Um, so give him a follow. Bobby will usually follow you back. He's a great guy to talk to. Uh, talk old wrestling with and this has been fun bobby uh, i really do appreciate you doing this all right everybody thanks for checking that out i want to give a big shout out and thank you to the boys over at wide men can't jump podcast please go check their show out tim nate tr thank you guys that was awesome of you to share that with us bobby dan that was a hell of a hell of a discussion i'm glad you guys could do it for our fans at home, if you have not seen the matches that Bobby and Dan did uh, 25 years ago, go check them out. They're on YouTube. They're definitely worth watching. You know, guys, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a regular episode. As long as the meth heads in Bobby's neighborhood haven't stolen his wires again, we will be back. So for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, for Bobby Blaze, for Dan Severn, for the boys back at Wide Man Can't Jump, and for our damn futon, bye-bye, everybody.